Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Hello, and welcome to episode 23 of Endurance Horse Podcast. Today is August 15th. 2019. I am your host, Christina Hike, an equine photographer based in southern Wisconsin. In today's episode, we are going to hear from more riders and their story from the Tom Quilty 2019. It is a little shorter episode, but I am so lucky when we first started thinking about having an episode dedicated to the Tom Quilty, I was unsure if I'd even have enough files to do one episode and now we have enough to do two. So I also want to take a minute to say Tavis is coming up really soon. If you have any files from crewing, Keisha Wood, I know you're going to send some files. If you have any files from riding for 2019, please take a minute, send something in, maybe have your crew send in, interview you, interview somebody else it'll be fun to see what we get also coming up we have an all mustangs episode if you want to get your mustang story into that episode email me very soon because it's going to be coming out email to endurance horse podcast at gmail.com without further ado let's hear how the tom quilty went for some crew some volunteers and some riders Saddle up. Hold on. Here we go. Hi, guys. It's Kat from Team Marvel with my adventures from strapping at Quilty. Um, so the Quilty starts on Wednesday and runs through till Sunday if you're a rider or a really organized strapper. I, on the other hand, had the cushy ability to turn up late on Friday afternoon, just as it was getting dark, and leave on Saturday, I don't even remember if it was morning or night now, Uh, but basically leave when the ride was done, which was like 12 hours later, or 24 hours later, I don't know, it's really mashed together now. Anyway, it was one very long day, but I seriously had an advantage in that I had a great night's sleep beforehand, and I could just go directly home to my comfy bed because it was quite close. Um, so the Sterling Grounds generally, I'm sure you've probably seen pictures and things of it, but it is just, it is amazing. It is the best place. If you have to do a painfully long ride anywhere, that is where you would want to be. Like it is the Hilton of toilet blocks and shower blocks. They're just so nice. They're heated while it's freezing and they're air conditioned while it's hot. So that's, that's always the highlight of my Sterling's trips is uh, getting to spend time in there when I just decide that the cold's unbearable. Um, so yeah, anyhow, ride went out midnight Friday night and everyone was very excited. I One of the main reasons that I sort of went down to join the team was not because of like my strapping expertise or anything being needed, but um, more just in support, I guess, because I know for Adriana and Victoria, the, the quilty is their or has always been their pinnacle, their main goal, their, the thing that they got into endurance for that's always sort of been their end game. And I mean, 
I don't really share that. It's a bit foreign to me. I just, the idea of doing 160 kilometres just doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. And to get into the quilty, it's not just turning up to do 160 kilometres on the day. You've got to actually get through 160 kilometres in the first place to qualify. So that's just, just no. <laughs> it's, it's a no from me. Um, which is fine. Like, I still like endurance running. I love 40Ks. is probably my favourite distance. And I put up with 80Ks long enough to get to open. But, yeah, I haven't got whatever mental illness is required to make you want to ride for 160 kilometres. Um, but I missed their qualifying 160K ride. So this is my first sort of team experience of the 160Ks. Um, and it's really hectic. Like, it, it is a long time. Uh, and it's a long time to be sort of on ball to strap for. And it's, God, I can only imagine how horrendous it is to ride. Um but anyhow, so our riders cope really well. I was probably more worried about Adriana because Adriana's a very anxious person, so she's really easily stressed. Um, and so a lot of our sort of, I guess, team thing is to, to try and keep her calm a bit. Um, and, yeah, there was <laughs> may have lost a horse at one stage or we, we lost Adriana from her horse off of the first leg. And so that that did not go quite so well in front of the toilet block with a cat where's my horse? <laughs> but all's well that ends well and uh it was fine. Um Adriana had uh her boyfriend there and he was fairly new to the camp, so we were very excited to meet him. And I think one of my biggest things early on was just keeping saying to him because I'm like, you can't judge anything that she says in the next 24 hours <laughs> and I, I'm poor Adrian she'd already been stressed so it was like yeah no I know it's it's been like this since Wednesday so I'm like, okay but he's good he was great and it was all fine later so it's all good so we had two horses entered in neither of them actually need a lot of strapping though which is great so it was pretty easy to keep on top of just you know the feeds for when they came back into camp rugging and unrugging tacking up getting tack off and just moving things around, trying to get things to sort of dry out in between legs and, and stuff like that. Like it wasn't too bad. It was busy, but it wasn't actually um, particularly strenuous. It was just repetitive. <laughs> like it just kept going and going and going. Uh, probably I think one of the hardest moments was when, you know, uh, well, Jazzy vetted out at the end of the, I'm tempted to say second leg. It might even have been third leg. Either way, it was sort of, we'd had a bit of a scare, I guess, going out onto onto the second leg initially. Um, Jazzy had this, he just sort of, and it was just straight coming off of the, the toilet block incident where he'd gone missing. So poor Adriana was already super, super, super worked up. And then when she got on Jazzy, he took sort of some funny steps for a bit. And I was sort of like, I, I don't know if his boot needs adjusting or if something's going wrong in that back leg uh, and I just sort of went to Victoria I'm like just just start a walking in and make a call when you get further out because yeah I didn't want to stress Adriana out too much so sort of we just sort of left it to to let them sort of make a call when they got a bit further away and as it turned out he was fine on that leg like once he warmed up on on that leg of the ride he he was fine and I think he actually I'm really getting my timelines mixed up, but I think he actually came in off of that leg fine and was okay, like vetted through okay, and then went out on the next leg, and it was that 
one that he came in off of and he was when he came in he trotted in fine and he had gone out on that leg fine and there was nothing like no, no sort of uh suspicious walking or anything like that that I, I thought that I'd seen in so when he did go to trot out and then he was definitely lame in that leg that was pretty heartbreaking because we really so thought we'd sort of managed our way past whatever that was that it was just a, a sort of a case of needing to warm up but Anyway, as as in many things in endurance, he was fine the next day and it was just, you know, I guess not not his time for 160Ks, but I'm sure that was the furthest that he'd ever ridden. Like he did 114 kilometres, so it was a good effort by him. And, you know, he's he's not really been a, a sort of a full endurance horse for all that long at all. So I think he did really well and so did Adriana. Um, you know, she was very, very stressed before the ride. But as soon as things sort of, you know, were over from that point of view, like she was straight into sort of, you know, joining us in the strapping and, and helping us, I was sort of, I guess it must be calming for her in its own way because she, she didn't have to worry about trying to get in through anymore. So, you know, it was disappointing, but I guess that's just endurance. Uh, so that would be the, the low point was losing Jazzy. Uh, and, but the high point, obviously, is when Mizzy got through. And so that was... I guess uh, I felt really bad for Victoria going out onto leg four. Must have been like when she was on her own when she went out then, and she was obviously I think you know probably because you know she owns all the horses, so she just more acutely kind of feels when they're you know not a hundred percent. She she was really sort of down by the fact that Adriana had vetted out as well, and she was really sort of feeling it at that stage. So we're kind of. You know, we, we really sort of, we pushed her on. I mean, there was no way that she was going to quit, but we sort of, we definitely all did a, a lot of pushing to get her onto the horse for, you know, to get out on the fourth leg. Um, and then it was okay because she found Bridget, who's another lady that we ride with from like our sort of Harvey Bay area. Um, so, you know, we catch up with her and her horse champ quite often at rides. And so that was great. She ended up having company for that leg and it was really good. She came in off the fourth leg and I was terrified that <laughs> because there's nothing wrong with Mizzy. Like Mizzy looked great, but there's only after the fourth leg. There's only 19 kilometers, and at that stage we'd all been up like it was dark again. You know, we'd we'd gone through all the night, all the day, and it was starting to get dark. And as soon as it starts to get dark, it's just you know cold and sort of depressing and lonely feeling. So you lose a lot of the early adrenaline. So it was just sort of worried that we'd gotten to that point and, you know, it could all come crashing down with only 19 Ks to go. And I was just sort of like, please, God, no, just, just, you know, just let her get through these next two, like we can do it. Um, and she did. And so that was great. Um, but then unfortunately Bridget didn't. And that was a, like just sort of a bit of a crushing blow again. Cause as we sort of, were going to send Victoria out on, on the fifth leg, she was alone again. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, like endurance can be a lonely sport sort of thing but yeah I just just really felt for her riding off into the cold and dark on her own one last time but we all sort of threatened that we'd just chase her at this point that you know with 19 k's to go and having made it that that far we just we'd all get out there and take it in turns to chase her around the track because it was just there was no quitting <laughs> no quitting at all and I don't think as, as much as she was you know totally exhausted and you know in pain by that point she wouldn't have let herself quit either but you know we're just encouraging like that. <laughs> so, yeah, so then, but that was all good. So she came in off the fifth leg and she vetted through and it was great. 
It was just so, so good that, I mean, we didn't have 100%, but geez, I'll take 50%. Like, yeah, it was just, it was excellent. So she achieved her dream of getting through the quilty and Adriana's at least halfway through her dream of getting to enter the quilty. I think it was a pretty successful trip all round. Um, And I definitely enjoyed strapping in the, um, like, yeah, like I said, it's tiring because you're out for sort of 24 hours straight or whatever, but um, being able to go home to my warm bed from my warm car, that was pretty nice at the end of it. So yeah, more strapping like that would be a bonus, but that's, that's not the way strapping usually goes. It's usually far more uncomfortable. And yeah, if you're on the Marvel page at all, most of the quilty updates and that came from me, I think uh, Media Watch was probably my main job or at least my better performed job because I slept through at least one vetting session, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, so yeah, you feel free to go to Marvel and uh, check out all the photos and you'll see me in my chicken onesie at some point because that's my uh, <laughs> outfit of choice for easy identification and, and warmth. Uh, but yeah, we had a good time and it was good to have, you know, most of the team together in one spot again. So anyway, <laughs> that's all from me. Bye, guys. My name is Kay and I'm from New Zealand. I've been riding since 1996 in endurance and distance riding and have completed 160 kilometre rides and have always been interested in going to the Tom Quilty in Australia with a thought to maybe one day going to ride there. It was in Imbril this year in Queensland and not far from where I was holidaying with grandchildren so I volunteered to help. I arrived at Sterling's Crossing which is a purpose-built venue um, created by Matthew Sample. It's a huge tribute to him and his foresight. It will be truly a remarkable thing to have a venue purpose-built forever and it already is being used extensively by Australians and it's a wonderful thing to have. I was met at the gate by a volunteer who helped me with where I had to go and they were also there to check paperwork. All horses had been checked at the Imble showgrounds before heading to the um, venue and they couldn't come in unless their paperwork was done because they have the Hendra virus over there and they have to follow a certain protocol. The venue was big, but it was so well laid out that it had a kind of cosy, friendly little village feel to it. I located the coordinator for the, in the volunteer tent and had a chat with her, and they were absolutely terrific people. And then I went for a wander. The horses looked like all endurances that are waiting. They were munching, they were being ridden around or walked, and some of them were calling out for their mates. The yarding was pretty much the same as in New Zealand, but there were fire pits, and I came to really appreciate these as I came to love the bathroom heated floor. And I met up with other Kiwis in my walkabout. There were about 25 of us there and caught up with some Australian friends. Everywhere, people were friendly and relaxed. I watched the pre-ride vetting and went for a walk through with the chief steward. On the day, the whole ride is managed by chief stewards, vets and volunteers. I collected my volunteer pack with my TQ19 cap, which was red, and my volunteer vest, which was Hivers. 30 minutes before midnight, I watched the horses warming up in a quite confined area, 296 of them. 
there was music playing and, and the guy was singing the Tom Quilty song. The horses looked amazing. There were one or two that were struggling to manage and contain themselves in a confined environment with headlights on at midnight with music playing, but mostly they were impressively well behaved. And just on the stroke of midnight, 296 horses started off into the night while the Tom Quilty song was being sung, and it was a spine-tingling moment. It was amazing. Those of us at the veteran gate were all ready to go just after two, and the first horse arrived pretty quickly. Unfortunately, it didn't have a rider, but it seemed pretty happy to be back, but the rider was eventually located. There were five of us working the inn gate, one steward and four volunteers. All the riders' logbooks, which I guess for you are rider cards, were in boxes in number order, and we gave them to riders after they had swiped through electronically on the way to vet. Sometimes there were blimps in the system, but those were not often, and immediately they were managed by the stewards who were placed in each area. The stewards were super knowledgeable, calm, and utterly decisive. The horses and riders were never held up or made to wait because of a problem. The, the vetting, they were sent to vetting, the stewards sorted it, not a problem. There were large numbers of horses coming through the vet gate and we were absolutely humming. We had a real buzz on and we developed a system and it was working pretty well. After I finished the first shift at 8 o'clock and immediately went to stand in front of a, um, a fire and thawed out, it was absolutely freezing. Later on, I caught up with Marika, who I'd been working with, and she is another volunteer from Australia, and we watched some of the vetting. And over the course of the day, two riders collapsed over trotting their horses out. They were treated by paramedics for dehydration. Both continued on. Nothing was a problem at this ride. You could kind of have anything happen, and they'd fix it. As the first horse was due to arrive, Marika and I took the Tom Quilty Cup to the vet ring for the presentation. This was quite a moment to hold the Tom Quilty Cup and then polish it, and we all had photos with it, including the vets. The first horse vetted successfully, and it looked outstanding. And then we were back at the inn gate on another shift, waiting for all the others. Unlike in New Zealand, where we have a 16-hour maximum time for 100-mile or 160-kilometre rides, the Quilty has a 24-hour maximum, so there were horses off all different legs coming in. And at 8 o'clock at night, I was on the arrival gate. The horses mostly looked great. In fact, I was so impressed. I had seen some of them throughout the day, and I swear that some of these horses were actually putting on weight. One older male rider fell badly. A medic went out, but he insisted he wasn't far from finishing. He insisted he was going to walk in, and he did. And he not only walked in, he looked pretty good when he walked in. And he vetted successfully, and then he won the Spirit of Endurance Award, which was absolutely fabulous. He was an older guy. And then the last horse arrived at 11.53 with seven minutes to go, and that horse got through, as did the other two in the half hour preceding, which was great. And the completion rate of 65% was outstanding and a true testament to the good rider management. And the track, despite being tough, was obviously very fair. The BC Awards and the Buckle Awards the next day were wonderful. Horses looked so fresh, riders looked pretty good, and the enthusiasm with which everybody was applauded 
when they received their buckle was also outstanding. And would I volunteer again? Yes, absolutely, in a heartbeat. Uh, I'd also like to write a quarter now that I know what it's about. I was also super impressed by how it was managed, what the people did, how they managed it, and I really liked the 24-hour time. I thought it made sense for a lot of horses. 50% of the horses that completed, completed after a 16-hour cut-off time, which would mean that a lot of horses would have failed to finish had that rule been there. And it, it was great. The horses really did look very good. I was really impressed. So did I learn a lot? I sure did, and I think that's the way to go, is to volunteer rather than just spectate. Hello, my name is Emma. I'm 13 years old from New South Wales, Australia. My horse has been training in quite cold weather compared to where the cooler was held in Imbul. For my training, I have been running quite a bit, I've been eating healthier and I've been going to the gym. My horse, Wingerdine Flame. We brought Flame from Greg, Greg and Louise Hamilton, which are the Wingerdine stud breeders. My mare, Wingerdine Flame, she's a pure Arabian mare. Uh, I have been riding her for like maybe about three years. I used to do pony club and I fell off one year and I didn't ride horses for about four years. I used to just go to the ride and strap for mum. But one day mum picked me up from school and the exact words I remember were, Flame is in the paddock at home and you're having riding lessons on her this weekend. Oh, I had no idea what to say. I just remember going to ride some weekends and Flame was there. Never ever did they put a junior on her. She was the feistiest of them all. After a Christmas holiday's worth of training, riding, running and getting used to her, we went to our first 40 kilometre ride, which was at Windia. Ever since the day I met the amazing mare, I have been in love with her. I just love her to bits. A bit about Flame's personality. Well, she seems quiet on the ground, which is a good thing. But on her back, she can be the naughtiest horse ever. Meaning, what I mean by that is she kicks other horses. She bucked me off a couple of times. She shies at everything. Whether she's done like one kilometre or 150 kilometres. But she honestly is the best thing on this planet. I wouldn't give her up for the world. How I got into horses. Well, I got into horses from three very, very important people in my life. First, my grandfather, Peter Cole. My grandfather used to be my inspiration. He was that one man I looked up to. My grandfather, Peter, won the 1983 Tom Coody Gold Cup on Flame's grandfather, Chip Chase Sadaka. The second person... My mother, Jolene Cole, is the most amazing woman in my life. She has been my idol since the day I was born right up to this very day. She's done so much for my endurance life and myself. She gets my horse perfect for every ride. She teaches me how to ride my own ride. She teaches me everything. She just does so much. My mum this year prepared my horse perfectly considering that we won the Tom Cruelty. She has worked her whole life for this and she done it. She won the heavyweight division 
on Barabo. She has done everything from making sure the horses aren't overworked to making sure they don't tie up and then making sure they're worked enough. My very intelligent mother prepared Flame and Barabo 100% perfect for the day. The one and only Chris Geddes, the man behind it all. He got me into Pony Club when I was about six years old. He has done so much for our family, like paying the money to get to the races safely, the shoeing the horses, the looking after us at rides, no matter how cranky we are. He honestly does so much. How I find endurance riding? Well, I live, breathe and sleep endurance. I think it's such an amazing sport. The people and horses in it make it so much more special. The thought of an average weekend waking up to do 80 kilometres at 4 or 5 in the morning just makes my heart sing. My favourite part about endurance, well, probably spending time with the horses and my professional team. The thing that gets me to stay with endurance. Well, I've only been doing endurance for three, three years, but during the off-season, the only thing that gets me through it is watching our own horses on the Dubai live TV. So, I mean, watching that makes me want to stay in Jones forever because I really would love to one day go over there and race horses. When I am racing in the Australia season, I just love the thought of waking up so early in the morning to ride a horse through the bush. It's just like the best thought ever. My goals for this season... Well, my number one goal was to win the Tom Cooley or even just like get in the top five. I was checking the start list every second day to see who my competition was and the competition just made me get butterflies every time I thought of it because every single junior that started that race at midnight on the 12th of July had a chance. My next goal for the season is to have a crack at the 400 kilometre. I had a go at it last year and completed it it in maybe like 50 hours but I loved every second of every minute of the 400 kilometer on my superstar man my goal after the 400 is to qualify the baby horses so they can start coming up through the ranks one of my goals has been bringing me back to the thought of every time is that I can have a goal racing in Dubai one day I am so lucky to have my mum training my horse throughout the week. And then on weekends I get to come and do the long runs. I am also so lucky to have my professional team to learn from and to look up to. My triumph was to win the quilty, but next year I'd love to start FEI qualifying so that one day I can do the world championships. I have had a ride in New Zealand in a 120km race for Ashley Cole. And I had a win over there. I've had the privilege of training some very, very special horses. Thank you so much to Chris Geddes, Chris Bailey, Dad, Ben Hudson, Lizzie Moyer, Ashley Nadine, all the way from New Zealand, Nan, Matthew Sample, Sterling Committee, Paddy, all the way from Switzerland, and all my sponsors for making my dreams come true. Emma and Flame, our Tom Cruelty journey. just love to say to everyone, if you have a dream, make a plan and a goal out of those dreams because one day you might regret not doing those things. I had a dream to win the Tom Cruelty. So I started looking and moving towards that. And look where I am. 
I won the Tom Quilty. So please never give up on your goals or your dreams or your plans. Just stick to it. Hi everyone, this is Victoria from Marvel Endurance. So we're home after the quilty now and I am feeling exhausted. I went straight back to work first thing on Monday morning so it was a very quick progression from riding to packing to travelling to sleeping to working all in a 72 hour period. Just being at the ride was a dream come true for me. For the people who don't know how my story began, I started riding as a child. I competed in the English disciplines and as I grew up I started teaching them too and in 2008 and 9 I did Queensland's famous trail ride, the Kilkeven Great Horse Ride, which is a day-long ride that travels roughly 20 to 25 kilometres and finishes in a parade through the township. After I got married I decided to try something new and a friend of mine had been doing endurance for years so she gave me a horse for my very first 40k ride and uh, that was in 2011 and I was hooked. Being the horse crazy girl that I am, my goal was to get through my first rides out of novice and through my first 160 within the year so that I could qualify for the 2013 Tom Quilty in Queensland, which was incidentally being held at Kilkeven too. I did my first 40 in November 2011, followed by my second in February 2012 on my horse. I planned to back this up with two 80k rides over the Easter weekend and that's when my world came crashing down around my ears, uh, when my horse colicked and was put down. Needless to say, my quilty dream effectively died that day too. It was over a year before I was brave enough to do another ride and even then I wasn't confident to do more than 40s. So it was still another 18 months after that before I decided to give an 80k a go. I didn't dare start dreaming of the quilty again until I was well into my endurance career. Uh, 2015 turned out to be a really big year for me. I did my first 80k on my friend Yvonne's horse Hazel, who was the spitting image of my gelding, the one that I'd lost. So uh, the the gelding I was training for a friend uh, carried me through my third novice ride and my first 100k. Uh, my little bay mare that I'd trained myself went through her first 40s and into 80s and 100k with her junior rider and I started my young Palomino gelding under saddle and took him to my first 20k with him. Looking back I'd like to think that is when I started to dream but I didn't really. It was just I was just glad to be finding my feet and keeping my head above water at that point. Being a goal-oriented person I'm sure it was always there I guess lurking in the background but I just wasn't really ready to consider myself capable of it yet. If I had to pinpoint a day that I put the quilty back on my list I would have to say it was the 13th of August 2016 and that's very specific because um, looking back there was a series of little events that triggered me. It, It started with Coda's first fast ride at Biggenden in July where for the first time I came across the finish line quicker than less uh, quicker than novice time which may not seem like a big deal to most riders but to me after everything I'd been through it was a lot for me to go quick quicker <laughs> I'd become really firmly entrenched in the slowly completing mindset that I wouldn't consider going quicker 
than the time that the ride organisers had set out for novice horses. So we usually went a lot slower, but it biggened and I let Coda go a little faster. And then at Marumba in August, we did the 100 kilometre ride in six hours and 19 minutes for equal fifth and presented for best condition. And from there, it all changed. I started talking about the quilty again. I had a little roadblock to get over first in the form of qualifying for it but in 2017 Adriana and I did that together and we completed our first 160 at the Queensland State Championships. Funnily enough with the Quilty being the brainchild of Aaron Williams it felt really special to be qualifying for the Quilty at Rocky Bar Station which is Aaron Williams's family property. The fact that I made it through that ride with Coda, who had been a problem child from day one, but a talented endurance horse nonetheless, was, well, that was special in itself too. We talked about TQ from that day on. It was our focus and our dream, so I intended to take Coda for it. But as the saying goes, even the best laid plans. In the end, the two horses we had lined up as our backups were the ones that we dragged off the benches and uh, got they got thrown into the game. Until the day before we hadn't made up our minds about who to ride, my husband was of the opinion that Jazzy being the more spirited option would be better for me because I'd get less frustrated with him and Mizzy being laid back wouldn't fizz up and make Adriana nervous. The last pre-ride we did, um, the day we nominated, was the decider. Um, I would ride Mizzy, Adriana would ride Jazzy. They're both tough little crackers and we had a good chance of making it through with good management. As the ride started, the iconic ballad of Tom Quilty was playing and our family and friends came out to watch the start and it was everything we could have dreamed of. There was a few little hiccups in the first few kilometres which had me dismounting to fix girths and stirrups but we got in a groove eventually and finally finished the first leg without a worry. Throughout the whole ride, our strappers were on the ball. It was great. They were great. The horses were great. <laughs> we were working as a team and, and it was really, really fluid. On the way out of, of the second leg, um, it took a while to warm Jazzy up and Adriana and I had a really careful plan for strapping him, which worked a treat, particularly since our team of two or three strappers to each horse knew exactly what to ask and what to do the moment we arrived. Unfortunately, we weren't so lucky at the end of the third leg when Jarthy stiffened up and he was fetted out. So that left me and Miz alone on leg four. Having ridden together the whole way until then, we didn't have many people within a distance of us to either catch up or slow down for. And I didn't want to be alone. I sure wasn't mentally prepared for it. But along the way, Mizzy palled up with a couple of other horses and um, we came in the gate and a friend of mine, Bridget, was coming in off the, off the same leg we were completing. So we made a plan to ride together on the last leg at least. But that too went to crap because uh, Bridget and her pony champ unfortunately vetted out on that leg. So Miz and I were riding out into the dark alone again. I ended up walking out the gate with the lady I'd ridden most of leg three with. And incidentally, she asked if I'd like to ride together again. I was keen, so we jogged each other along in the in the darkness for the last 19 kilometres, picking up another rider who I'd actually met on Facebook some time back, and uh, all three of us ended up completing, which was fantastic. I'd intended to uh, slow down the last 
100 metres or so and just trot slowly in just to make sure Miz was still warm. And when I got to the line, I had completely forgot that I had to weigh in and none of my strappers were anywhere to be seen in the dark. And then my friend Karen appeared out of the darkness and um, she took my horse for me, which was amazing. And I was just about ready to cry. Uh, she, she gave Miz to my sister who wasn't far away, thankfully. And I weighed in and sprinted to the strapping area. He didn't need anything as we'd, um, we'd been really careful letting the horses eat and drink every chance we could for the whole leg. And he wasn't too hot or cold, so um, we went straight into the vet. Miz is a, and always, he, he's always been a really lazy horse to trot out, but at least this time he had a reason. <laughs> so he scored a B for gait because he was tired, but he passed with all A's and ones other than that. So I hugged that vet so hard. I, I'm not ashamed to say. I gave that vet a hug. It was only afterwards that I actually I realised I'd actually trotted him out on every leg, which hadn't been my intention. I'd always said leg four and five, one of my strappers would have to trot him out because it would be better for a fresh person to run him out, but oh well, we survived. It hit me after the third leg that as grateful as I was to have my family and my friends there to strap for me I just I really missed my dad he never got to share endurance with me but considering how gung-ho he was about horse-oriented goals I have every reason to believe that if he'd been there he would have been ordering the other strappers around wrapping my horse in cotton wool walking around with my buckle showing it off to every person he knew my dad had a special bond with my stallion Siri he was there the day he was born um, Dad also always had a thing about Palominos and incidentally my quilty horse is Siri's half-brother and he's a Palomino. I'm so proud of Adriana and Jazzy. They really deserve to make it all the way and it broke my heart not to have them out there with us. Crossing the line at the end of the ride was as much a mixture of feelings from exhaustion to triumph to grief to pride and so much more. But... I look at Mizzy's proud little logbook. After completing 29 rides, he's clocked up 1,726 kilometres. He's completed every one of those 29 rides and has just one more page in his book before he gets his second book. So of all the horses in my paddock to have done this amazing thing, I never would have expected it to be him with his stifle lock and partially blind right eye. He has been something special from his first 20-kilometre ride four years ago, which he completed as a three-and-a-half-year-old after just three weeks under saddle. We have some incredibly hilarious stories together and some terrifying ones. I literally have scars, ironically. Not his fault, but that's another story. But now I have this amazingly special one with a page that I'll probably frame and hang next to that shiny silver buckle with a story about a little Palomino pony who carried me 100 miles in one day. Hi everyone, this is Adriana from Marvel Endurance in Queensland, Australia. I'm here to provide you with my post-quilty wrap-up. So as I record this, uh, the quilty was two weeks ago and um, we set off on the Wednesday to get settled before the um, Friday night 
midnight start Saturday morning, technically. Things didn't get off to a great start for me. Um, between my house and the paddock where the horses are, I had a five litre water container leak about half of its contents over my bag that had all of my riding clothes in it. So what I do for each ride is I pack what I call a ride bag. It is the bag that contains all of the clothes I'm going to wear for the actual ride. So, you know, what socks I'm going to wear, what gloves I'm going to wear. Um, I'll have a little um, face mask in there, my Marvel shirt and whatever else I think I might need. So I had my leg one bag ready. And also it was in a larger bag that had all of the spare clothes for all different weather conditions that I might want to ride in, as well as obviously spare tights, spare socks, etc. So the whole bag soaked up about three litres of water, including the lovely, highly absorbent bamboo socks. I had four pairs of those. And I think, um, yeah, they, they absorbed most of it. They take about three days to dry um, in good weather. So I'll be honest, I didn't cope very well with it. But um, we managed to call my parents who were still at home. They hadn't left yet. They were going to come a bit bit further behind us. And uh, my mum packed uh, two travel clotheslines and a clothes error and some pegs so we could um, get the clothes dry in time. We were really fortunate. We had amazing weather at the venue um, for the whole time leading into and the day of the ride. It was beautiful, um, clear skies, sunny days, um, cold nights, but we got the clothes dry. So that was one little source of stress that I really didn't need and tensions were already running pretty high. I was pretty stressed about getting the horses there in, um, you know, getting them off the float sound and, yeah, I'll be honest, I did not cope well with that. Anyway, all's well that ends well. So the horses travelled there. They travelled amazingly well. There was a new thing for us, um, which probably added a little bit to my stress of getting there. We had to stop at a showgrounds about nine kilometres from the venue and take the horses off the float for a biosecurity vet check. Having never done this before, I was kind of stressed about, will we have to trot them out? Um Mizzy has stifle lock and he, um, yeah, when he gets off the float, he needs some decent warming up before he's going to trot out. Okay, so he's fine, but he doesn't look great coming off the float, especially after a four-hour journey. So I was pretty stressed about that, but when we got there, it was as simple as giving our temperature logs and them taking um, another temperature just to make sure um, the horses were all good in that sense. So we took them off, did all of that, popped them back on and headed off to the venue. We were really lucky with um, the area we got assigned to camp. Um, So, you know, having over 300 horses there, plus everyone's crew, plus volunteers and vets and, you know, all the people that you need to have such an event run, they had to divide the grounds up into really, um, you know, strict areas which were based on the number of horses nominated. Now Victoria and I both had our own little teams with us, our own little crews, sorry. So I had um, with me my mum and my dad and my partner and Victoria had her husband and her sister and her mum 
And then the lovely cat, who you have all heard from on multiple occasions, also came down um, to crew for us, which was awesome. She was super helpful. So I was really worried about how are we all going to fit plus the horses in this area. Um, Where we got assigned, we were about four campsites in from one of the entry gates. So really easy access for us to go into town for things we needed and to get out on the track to go um, for training rides. And also we were opposite the car park. So we didn't need to park our cars on our campsite, which saved us heaps of space. We literally just parked them on the other side of the little um, road that came in through the grounds. So yeah, it was still a tight fit, but um, yeah, there's no way we would have been able to make it if we hadn't been so close to the car park or realistically we would have had to park our cars on the other side of the grounds if we weren't so close. So that was really lucky. We were close to the amazing um, toilet and shower block, close to vetting, close to strapping, close to um, all the little vendors that were set up. Really happy with how that one worked out. So um, we ended up making the decision on the Friday morning before the ride of who was going to ride who. Um, Victoria rode Miz, who is her own little um, Palomino horse. I shouldn't say little. Uh, He's never, ever vetted out. He is amazing. And I rode Jazzy, who is an 11-year-old purebred Arabian gelding. And last year I took him through his first four rides um, through to open. So I took him through a 40-kilometer and then three 80-kilometer rides to bring him to open status. At the time, I never would have thought he would end up being my courty horse, but I was super thrilled to be partnering with him. Um, I would have been more than happy to ride Miz. It was so hard for us to choose, as I'm sure Victoria's probably told you, because they're both such great horses. Um, They both had lots of different merits. Um, So, yeah, it was really, really hard for us to decide. But I'm glad Victoria ended up riding um, her horse and I got to ride um, Jazzy, who belongs to a friend of Victoria's, Brittany. So come um, midnight start, I didn't get the best amount of sleep prior. There was a bit of noise going on in the camps around us. Um, But I managed to get maybe about two, two and a half broken hours of sleep. So 10 to 11, the alarm goes off, got up, got ready, settled up as you do. Um, Marshalling around the area just before midnight was amazing. Uh, I was filming on my phone as we were walking around and I turned to Victoria and I was like, we're here. So my goal, as I always said, was to get there and to get a start. I was so terrified of coming all that distance and venting out pre-ride for whatever reason, surprise lameness, um, you know, these things that pop up that you had no idea were an issue when you went into vetting. Um, So to to have vetted through pre-ride and get a start was amazing and anything beyond that was going to be a bonus. Leg one was 45 kilometres. I did lose my horse at one point, um, maybe got about 30 metres ahead of me before he stopped. We were, I was leading him and he got spooked, ripped the reins out of my hand and cantered off into the darkness. I started running after him. Victoria told me to stop chasing him and he stopped in a nice little grassy patch and started grazing and I breathed the biggest sigh of relief of my life. (sighs) So that was maybe, I don't know, 10, 20 seconds of, oh my goodness, 
and then it was okay. <laughs> and I held onto those reins extra tight when I was leading him from then on. Um, I lost him one more time. We came in off that leg probably around, oh, we crossed, um, we scanned in at about 5 a.m. on the dot, um, vetted through, had some snacks, fed the horses, got ready to go back out. As always, I needed to go to the toilet before we headed out. So I left my horse with the team and I said, I'm just going to run ahead to the toilet. Will you meet me outside there? Come out of the toilet, no horse inside, no team inside. So I ran back to camp, no horse inside, no team inside. My dad was there and I said to him, where's everyone gone? He says, oh, they've gone to meet you. Okay, so back I run to the toilets. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, where on earth could this horse be? I should have passed it on my way back to camp if it was, you know, on its way to the toilet to meet me. I'm standing outside the toilets looking around and here appears Kat in her bright yellow chicken onesie. I'm pretty stressed at this point. It's about 10 minutes past our out time and I yelled out to her in front of a nice little line of people lined up for the coffee van, Kat, where is my horse? Um, yeah. Turns out they weren't allowed to take horses to that area outside the toilets and they were um, closer to the out gate. Oh, my goodness. What a relief. As we're walking out, um, Kat points out that Jazzy might be walking a bit funny. Oh, okay. Victoria's trying not to stress me out, but um, I could tell in the tone of her voice that she was maybe a little bit worried about him. Um, he felt fine to me. I, tr- I went for a trot on him and he felt fine. So we, we wanted to give him some time, um, because it was really cold. We didn't want to just pull him out. Um, you know, we've come this far. So we gave him a few Ks, asked another rider how he looked. She said he looked fine. And, um, yeah, as it warmed up, he certainly, um, yeah, Victoria agreed. He looked fine. And we came off leg two. Vetted through, awesome. Um, went out on leg three. So uh, leg one was 45Ks, leg two, 34Ks, and leg three, 35Ks. So we went out on leg three. Uh, we came in from that at 321. I went into vetting at 328. Um, trotted him up, just one of the first things you do um, in this type of vetting. And the vet said to me, I'm just going to need to get a panel. Um, But she was just going to do all the other parameters first and then get the panel. And I'm thinking, okay, Victoria's next to me with Miz and bedding. And I'm like, I'm going to need you to run him out. Uh, My run is sus at the best of times. And sometimes I wonder if that is why I get paneled sometimes because my run doesn't make the horse look amazing. Um, So Victoria treaded him out for me. Uh, for the panel. She got about a third of the way up and was told to please stop. So in that moment, I knew our journey, um, Jazzy and me at the Quilty, was done and I was heartbroken. Not getting through myself, I really felt like I'd let everyone down. Um, I felt like I'd let down my team and um, all the people who were following my journey and especially... um, my parents and my partner, Nathan, who had, you know, given up five days and more time prior, especially my mom who did um, all of the cooking for us. 
to come and support me and not see me get through. (laughs) So yeah, I felt like I'd let everybody down. Um, I was really heartbroken for myself, but I had to remind myself that I always knew not getting through was a real possibility. Quilties usually have a completion rate of about 50%. So yeah, it was very, it was very real, um, a real possibility, but to actually get there, to get to the end of leg three and um, 114 kilometers and vet out lane was really, really, um, yeah, disappointing and heartbreaking. But like I said, I was glad that Jazzy was okay. He was fine the next day. So that was a massive relief for me. I felt terrible, um, that he was stiff and lame, um, when we got vetted out. So I think that made me even more upset, um, you know, forgetting my own goals and aspirations. The fact that this horse that had carried me 114 kilometers was, yeah, stiff and sore, really, really hurt me. Um, and I felt really bad that me riding him was the cause of that. But the goal was to get there. I said I wanted to get a start and anything beyond that would be a bonus. And that is what I got. So I will try again in another few years. Um, yeah, not sure what the next goal is going to be. But like I said, I am thrilled that Victoria and Mizzy got through. Um, Mizzy has never vetted out and to complete a quilty um, on his first go and his first 160 on such a difficult track is amazing. Um, so the track was difficult, but like I said, we were blessed with the most amazing conditions. Uh, we really couldn't have asked for better weather leaning up to and on the day of the ride. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. I've now, um, been to the quilty. I've ridden in the quilty. I didn't complete the quilty, but, um, it will be an ongoing goal and I'll be back in another few years to give it another crack. Um, I'm super grateful that I had the opportunity to give it a go. I'm so grateful to Victoria who makes it all happen and all possible for me and um, to Jazzy's owner, Brittany, who um, lets us train and and compete on her lovely horse, Jazzy. I'm really grateful to the people who came and supported me and everyone who's followed my journey and, of course, number one to Jazzy the lovely chestnut gelding who carried me 114 quilty kilometres. No one will ever be able to take that away from us. Hey everybody, it's Chris again. That is a wrap on the audio from the Tom Quilty Gold Cup for 2019. All eyes now turn to Auburn in a bright banner emblazoned with this inscription. Western States Trail Ride Finish, Tevis Cup 100 Miles One Day. That's right, the great ride is coming up. If you are crewing at Tevis, if you're volunteering, and of course, if you are sitting on a horse at the Tevis 2019, we want to hear your story. I hope you take a precious few moments to record and send in your audio. We look forward to hearing your stories about your journey, and we want to hear about the horse that is taking you across the mountain trail. This podcast is all about the trails, the horses, and the people who cherish them. It really is about that partnership that is made between horse and rider. To that end, and to honor the great Tevis ride that is coming up this weekend, the ride that has inspired so many other rides across the world, I would like to read a quote from Julie Sir's book, 
10 Feet Tall Still. This is one of my favorite books of all time. If you haven't read it, I highly suggest it. And Julie has generously donated all the proceeds from the sale of her book to go to support the Western States Trail. The passage I am about to read is from chapter 6, page 72. And it's as Julie is coming up to the finish of her ride. I bring my horse onto the track and I nudge his soft flanks just one more time. He breaks into a canter and we cross the last few hundred feet of a hundred mile ride running. I jump off and wrap my arms around his neck and his sweet breath warms my cheek. I bury my face in his silky mane and the tears flow as they did in my childhood. Not because the world has been unjust, but because it has been so very right. I had my Pegasus today. Together, we reached the stars. That's by Julie Sir in her book, 10 Feet Tall Still. Until next time we meet, may your trails be beautiful, your horse be sound, and your journey be all you had hoped for. Ride far, ride well, ride often.